0: Welcome to the Beltway Broadcast, the premier podcast for the workplace learning and talent development professionals of the Association for Talent Development's Metro DC Chapter. We've got some great resources in store for you today.
1: Hello, fellow ATDers. I'm Leticia Nyago, the 2021 Vice President of Learning for the Metro DC Chapter of the Association for Talent Development.
0: And I'm Stephanie Hupka, the 2021 Vice President of Finance. Hi, everyone. I'm Christina Eanes, the Director of Virtual Programs.
1: We also have Helena Hodges, Director of Technology and Operations, as our producer. For today's episode, we are interviewing a captivating speaker, culture expert, author of 21 books, and founder of Devin C. Hughes, Inc. Devin C. Hughes. Welcome, Devin.
2: Thank you so much. Super, super excited to be here with you today.
1: We are so glad. Before we jump into our topic of the gratitude effect, unleashing the power of recognition in organizations, which, as far as I'm concerned, does not get enough attention in many organizations and work environments. Please share a little bit about yourself with our listeners.
2: Yeah, so a little bit about me. Um, I am a positive psychology practitioner. So for the last 10 to 12 years, I've been taking positive co- me—positive psychology research and making actionable within a organization. And that organization could be Fortune 100, 500, educational nonprofit, etc. So I think What I do best is I take research and I make it actionable. In other words, there's a lot of things we know to be true, but we don't do. We don't activate. And so I'm fascinated by data, but I'm more uh, fascinated by how you actually bring data to life. I'll say this. In the prior life, before I started doing what what I'm doing now, I had a real job. graduated from college, went out, worked, hired, trained, et cetera, had performance reviews, got to a certain inflection point where I wanted to do more. And then I went out and started my own boutique consulting firm. Uh, doing what I'm doing now. I'm super excited to create a high-performance culture where human beings can be the best version of themselves, and I've been doing it for a number of years now.
1: Wow, this sounds so interesting. Now, let's tap into your expertise. First, Devin, what is the true power of acknowledgement in a workplace, the so-called gratitude effect, and how do both organizations and employees benefit from having an effective recognition structure?
2: So a couple of things. So <clears throat> there's a common denominator across all human beings. We all want to feel like we matter. Yes. We want to feel like we belong. And there's different variations of that. Now, I would discern that there's a difference between recognition and appreciation. Let me see. It. I'm gonna suggest there's a definition, a difference between recognition and appreciation. So let me tell you what I mean by that recognition in a traditional sense in a work environment is I recognize you based on performance. You do X and I recognize you it could be formal, informal, monetary gift card. Or it could be, thank you so much. That's fantastic. But for the most part, there's a finite amount of recognition to go around can only have so many parking spots, employees of the year, etc. I'm going to suggest the next evolution of that is appreciation. It's not just what you do, but rather who you are, recognizing humanity. And especially right now in the next normal, we need a lot more of that.
1: I think you are hitting right on a lot of people's hearts right now. Uh, How often do you think employees tend to leave their jobs because they feel underappreciated?
2: Well, I mean, absolutely. Well, look at the research. At the current level of research, you need three positives to outweigh one negative, okay? Because the brain is Velcro for negative news. We know that. Part of it's survival, right? And we we're always scanning our environment for threats. But we've actually made it kind of like sterile or informal. You know, I send you an email or a plaque or I have some kind of recognition system where you get some kind of badge. Human beings at the end of the day want to feel like they matter. And sometimes it's just acknowledging it and saying it aloud. And I'll say this, and I'm not sure, maybe your listeners are familiar with the five lug languages, maybe. And, and if they are, are not. But essentially, and I'll boil the science down essentially, different people value different things. Well, I find we also have appreciation languages. Some people want to hear it. Just tell me. I don't need a trophy. I don't need to be in the newsletter. I don't need to go to the ball game or the happy hour. Just tell me. Other people want acts of service. Come help me. Show me. Other people want team building. The next evolution in this space is do you know the appreciation language of the folks on your team? Too often as leaders, we appreciate or recognize people like we like to be recognized or appreciated, not necessarily like they do.
1: Yes, this makes so much sense. And it sounds very simple. Our community wants to know, actually. If that's the case, then why do so many leaders tend not to show or express appreciation for their people when we know it is so easy, it doesn't take much time, and it is hugely impactful?
2: Well, you know, it's fascinating to me, too. I'm not sure either, but I'll tell you this. Give you an example. In sport. Right, Whether you've played it, been to it, watched it. I'm watching a game the other night, middle of an NBA game. There's a gentleman named Steph Curry. It's kind of a big deal. Plays at the Golden State Warriors. He had 50 points. He makes a shot in the middle of a game. A teammate runs across the arena in the middle of 18,000 fans and slaps him on his rear end in the middle of the arena after he makes a shot. Why? Because he had a good play. Because in sport, it's so intuitive. If people on your team do the right things or the right behaviors, they recognize them in real time. Steph Curry makes $30 million a year, and even he needs to be recognized (laughs) and appreciated. Right. We have the same brain. But for some reason, work is the one place where it seems odd, foreign, awkward to let other human beings know That they matter. It doesn't even have to be about performance. I I told you earlier. How about I say to you, hey, you know, I don't know if you know this, but the positive energy, your optimism when you show up on our Friday meetings, it's awesome. It's contagious. And I love that about you. Please keep that up. These are the kind of conversations that are authentic and real that we need to have more often.
1: Absolutely. And I love the clarity that you're giving us with this topic. Now, for the portion of our listeners who happen not to be in leadership roles right now, what are some actionable steps that they can take to impact recognition cultures in their workplaces?
2: So a couple of things. Now, too often, and I'm not picking on anybody, but too often we have this social norm within the with the enterprise that the only person that can recognize you is the, is the person in charge. If that's the case, that'd be the equivalent of the owner of the Golden State Warriors running onto the floor to give Steph Curry a hug every time he makes a basket. Right. It doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. In sports, teammates recognize teammates. The point being, if you work with people every single day, in and out of meetings, on projects, on Zoom calls, and people are doing the right things, why don't you let them know? Why don't you tell them? I don't need a trophy I don't need an award. I just need another human being to say, hey, you know what? I love that about you. Appreciate your help. Real time. And you do it. And again, different people have different appreciation languages. But for some reason, in in a work environment, we've adopted this social norm to make it awkward to let other human beings know (laughs) that they matter. And right now, in the middle of what we're going through, it matters more than ever. And I'll tell you why. 45% 45% of Americans right now say they're lonely. Employee engagement's at all-time lows. We've got a hashtag great resignation. If there was ever a time to let other people know they matter, I don't know. It might be right now.
1: Wow. Yes, and yes, and yes. Now, <laughs> jumping from the individual to the organizational level, what are some of the hallmarks of a good recognition and reward structure? And if you can tell us, how can organization make it even better and improve it if they already have one in place?
2: So uh, you know, I don't wanna certainly debate you know, there's certainly a variety of different formal recognition systems already that an organization can go out and buy. Those are fantastic. So you can certainly send, you can go on online and you can go in and you can say, Hey, you know what, Devin Hughes did great and you know, a little email shows up and has a little badge or maybe some swag I can buy. That's fantastic. But the, the area that I think we're, we're missing is the human-to-human connection. We talk about B2B, B2C. B, B How about h <laughs> to h Yes. And we're starving for that right now because we've been so socially disconnected. So what I would do and suggest when I work with organizations is talk about with leaders. Take the stuff that we do every single day. What are the guts, the DNA? I would strip out. In other words, what's a day in the life look like for a leadership team, your team, week, month? And look for opportunities to embed appreciation and recognition right into the work itself. What I mean by that is, say we have a staff meeting on Friday, whether it's every week or every other week. On that agenda, I'm going to take some time at the start of my meeting to start to recognize or appreciate to let people know in real time. You see, if I if it's not if I'm not bringing it up in, in the work itself, it's clearly not that important. Instead, we wait to an all hands meeting or something big, sterile like that. And then we want to make it a big show. That's okay. But first of all, certain people don't want that. I may be introverted. I don't want to come up to the front of the stage. I don't want to take a picture with the VP. I don't want to be in the newsletter. The other way that I think we could also nuance it, and I'm bringing up in here just a bit, is certain people, you know how they want to be appreciated? They want to learn new skills. Send me to a conference. Give me a new project. And we have to be sensitive and thoughtful about what different people need to feel appreciated and meet them where they are, not where we think they are.
0: So, Devin, I'm curious. Uh, in recent years, there has been a lot of research in the fields of neuroscience and positive psychology about the benefits of, shall I say it, an attitude of gratitude. Now, could you share with our listeners in our community, you know, some, maybe some practical tips on how to cultivate that gratitude culture in the workplace as well as for oneself.
2: Yes, and so that's so happy that you brought that up because that is absolutely in my wheelhouse. One of our greatest addictions in the new normal, the next normal, whatever normal we're in right now, our greatest addictions is talking about everything that isn't. (laughs) We would do it really well. Like, for example, I don't need you to remind me that it's tough. I live on Earth too, you know? (laughs) And so how do you have an attitude to grab? I mean, the research is pretty clear, right? The research is pretty clear that it affects our immune system, our level of well-being, our happiness, et cetera. So how do you activate it at work so it doesn't feel disingenuous or phony or anything you might suggest? What I suggest is, number one, people get it, but they need tools they need resources like for example i get that i should eat well and exercise but i don't always do it <laughs> yeah. so it's not about the information and for learning professionals they get this right you need tools you need process you need structure and it's the same thing with well being so number 1 i articulate the science behind let's just let's just agree that the best version of me is when i'm in a better place and no, most people go yeah you're right if i feel better i perform better okay So if that's the case, what if we could give you some tools to help you operationalize that superpower? I'm going to call it superpower. It's your superpower. Okay. Well, gratitude's one. So for example, maybe kind of, sort of, could you find three different things you're grateful for every single day? We're going to work on you individually. So don't try to go and try to boil the ocean and try to make gratitude an expected work practice when you can't even do it yourself. Let's just own that how you show up matters. So we're going to work on you first. And once you start to have an individual practice and you're in a better place, can you share it with one other person and then another person? And then what we do is ripple it out and actually embed gratitude right into the work itself, meaning how we start our meetings. Maybe we start with gratitude. Maybe we go on a gratitude walk. Different things. Could we have a gratitude lunch? I will literally look for any opportunity to operationalize gratitude and embed it right into the work itself, so it's not hopeful happenstance; it's an expected well-being practice.
0: I love that being intentional about it. spreading the gratitude while well, and getting your your own house in order first. Well, because you can't pour from an empty cup. Exactly,
2: we know that, right? We yeah. can't. If you want to live a big life, which we say that we do, you want to impact others. Let's fill your cup first, and then you can help other people fill theirs.
0: I absolutely love everything you just shared, Devin. There is so much wisdom. (laughs) and some of what you just walked us through. I am so glad that you've been with us today, especially as we're getting into this season of Thanksgiving. But before we wrap up with you, before everyone has a chance to go off and start to explore what gratitude means to them and how they can start to embed that in their work, we like to wrap up every one of our episodes with something we call rapid fire, rapid fire style questions. Each question that we have for you Requires less than 60 seconds to respond. So what do you think? Are you ready for some rapid fire?
2: I am ready. That's
0: what we like to hear. That is the kind of energy we're looking for. All right. Your first question is, give us one book that all talent development professionals must read and why?
2: Can I give you more than one?
0: You can give us two. How's that? (laughs)
2: All right. So it's funny. We were talking. So Leading with Gratitude is a great book Hmm. by Adrian Gostick. I think it's a fantastic book because we're just talking about gratitude. I love that book. It breaks down the science and how to operationalize it. That's one book that I'm a big fan of. The other book that I'm a huge fan of and a huge fan of her work is Brene Brown's book, Dare to Lead. Yes. I love that book. Right. Having these hard conversations, well-being, leaning into our vulnerability, talking about the hard stuff. I yep. especially love that right now where we are right now because we have a lot of folks struggling. And if we don't create a safe place to talk about the hard stuff, we're never going to get through it. And that's another l- great book that kind of sets the context. And I've read it several times. Uh, and those are two books that did jump out at me right now.
0: Yeah, that is absolutely a must read. I think Brene Brown is a fan favorite here at ATD. So you have absolutely hit on a, a favorite one for many of our listeners. I have no doubt. All right. Give us one tool that you recently learned about and immediately started using.
2: Yeah. So one tool is um, a positive psychology intervention. And I say it's a tool because it's a practice and what it is, is the brain can't discern between a real experience and one that it's reliving. So what I do, and the, and I've started to do this, I look for one positive experience every single day, just one good thing, do like a, a reflection before I close out my day, what's the best thing that's happened on my day? And I journal about it. Now, what I found with the research is when you journal about experiences, the brain gets to relive it. There was a, uh, a researcher named Penny Baker who did this with MS patients. And in many cases, they were able to lower their pain medication with MS patients because as they were journaling about positive experiences, the brain got to relive it and the brain was firing off oxytocin. So I'm very intentional. What's the best thing that happened that day? And I've kept a journal and I'm curating positive experiences.
0: That is a practice I am just about to add in after what you just shared. That's a powerful statement. I would certainly consider that a tool. That's fantastic. All right. What is the best piece of talent development related advice you've ever been given?
2: The best piece of talent development advice I've ever been given. I think it was probably, and my father was not a practitioner, but when, when I was a small child, over and over, I heard this from my father. If you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much space. Now, some probably are wondering, what is the edge? It took me a long time to figure it out. The edge is my comfort zone. And so I've adopted that. Every day, every week, I am purposeful about doing things that are uncomfortable. Because if it's not uncomfortable... I'm not growing. So I'm very intentional about putting my situ- put myself in situations where I have to feel a little bit angst. And those are growth moments. We're all familiar with growth mindset and Carol Dweck's work. I'm just very intentional. I seek those opportunities out. I get in front of people, groups, and other things because that's how I'm going to continue to grow and evolve. And it's really hard to lead other people to those places if you're not willing to go there yourself.
0: Yeah, that is very true. Wow, that's a great call to action. All right. What is one thing that you're excited about that's coming up in the next year?
2: Well, well, I'm super excited about so many things, but I'm super excited (laughs) next year. I'm doing quite a bit of work in the educational space, doing quite a bit of work with school districts around the country. I think the thing I'm most excited about because of that work, I'm getting an opportunity to take some of my work and take it and work with teachers to drive gratitude and positive psychology intervention, interventions right into the classroom. Because what we find, if we can get some of these interventions in the kids in elementary school and middle school, you can change someone's life. See, optimism can be learned. We don't human beings aren't born negative, cynical, salty, pessimistic. It's learned, and if it's learned, it can be unlearned. And I'm super excited to get in classrooms around the country working with teachers and embedding some of these principles so we can get some kids waking up every single day to be the best version of themselves, getting them some tools to begin and to believe, tools we didn't have ourselves.
0: Wow. That's incredible. Start them young. I am so excited for you sharing that. That's wonderful. And I feel like this is such an appropriate question to ask as we wrap up Rapid Fire, but what is the one thing within our talent development industry that you are deeply grateful for right now?
2: You know, I would say this thing that I'm grateful for is I think sometimes we don't realize, and I say this, which is kind of a unique way of answering this, I'm grateful for the community that we have that sometimes I think we discount our opportunity to affect change. So although I'm grateful for the community, I'm grateful for the opportunity to create this space for us to, to galvanize and get people to believe. And so I would say if you boil it down to one thing I'm internally grateful for in this industry, grateful for just accepting and being inclusive to allow people to be the best version of themselves. In a world that right now wants to confine you and conform you and tell you to stay in your swim lane and what you can say and what you can't say, I've always felt in this community at least, we welcome people just to be people. And if you color outside the lines, that's okay. But just be the best version of you. And I've always felt accepted and warm and inclusive. And so for that, I'm internally grateful, I guess.
0: Yeah, I'm very happy to join you in that. I think that is a fantastic observation. You are absolutely right.
1: Devin, you have been amazing. We are so happy you joined us today to share your wisdoms with our listeners. Thank you so, so much.
2: Well, thanks for having me. And if I I can ever come back and talk and share and discuss, I'd be delighted. This has been a fantastic experience for me, too.
1: Yes, we would love to have you back. And thank you to my co-host as well. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Thank you so much. I think of all of the calls to action you shared with us today, I am most excited to start thinking about how to operationalize gratitude. I just love how you frame that. And I think it is so important to start to think about how to really make that actionable in our work. So thank you so much.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Agree. This has been a pleasure.
1: And many thanks to our community for listening. Before you go, we have a message from our producer, Helena Hudges. Membership in the Metro DCATD provides you with multiple benefits to enhance your career. Not a member yet? What are you waiting for? Go to dcatd.org forward slash membership application to join our chapter today.
0: Check out dcatd.org for upcoming chapter events, learning programs, member benefits, and so much more.